0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series for 2008. Now here is Pastor Scott Bloyer.
1: So how are we supposed to forgive? How are we supposed to be people that deal with forgiveness daily, not just as an event? How many times, what are we supposed to do? Well, we hear things from people, our friends, Family members? What are we supposed to do? See, we're going through a series called See Harmony Community. We've taken a look at several different areas of community, of of the church, and what does that mean. Um, The first thing that we looked at was being committed to each other. Then we looked at what does it mean to be authentic or real. And today we're going to talk about forgiveness and forgiving each other. What does it really mean to forgive one another? What does forgiveness mean? What does Jesus say about forgiveness? So what we're going to do is hopefully when you get done, you have the idea of what it means to live a life of forgiveness and not live in the events of forgiveness. That This is something that we work on day by day. I read this comment this week. I thought it was a great comment. It said this, the health of any given system, be it an individual, couple, or group, can be seen as a function of its ability to negotiate conflict. We need to remember that as we walk through life, we are going to have conflict. Why? Because we deal with people. And we're stupid. Okay? We all make mistakes. We're all gonna say the wrong thing. We're all gonna do the wrong thing. Why? Because we're people. We deal with people, and you know, if you're in a relationship, or you have friendships, or if you have family, you're gonna have problems. It goes on and it actually says, that we have to understand that the local church, if it takes its mission seriously, (laughs) it's going to generate conflict. The absence of conflict may be the evidence of a spiritual uh, lethargy and health. So if you're in a healthy church, there's going to be conflict. Now how you handle that conflict and how you deal with it determines on whether or not you're healthy or not. Think about your relationships, think about your family, think about your home. Put it in the same context. So if the capacity of negotiating conflict is a sign of health, then we can basically say the evangelical churches of the United States today are, by and large, unhealthy. I know of a church that split over the color of carpet. I know of churches that have split. Because of different ideas about what church should be, you know, Andy Stanley. He's a, a pastor of North Point Community, or Community Church down in Atlanta, and he talks about. it, And he actually referred to a book that I just read. It's called UnChristian, and it's talking about students of the ages of 16 to 29. He said, in his comment, he said, you know, we, in the book it says we're leaving. Those people, 16 to 29, are leaving the church. Andy Stanley says, no, they're not leaving the church. They've left. And why? Because in this book, it talks about being hypocritical, judgmental, homophobic, all of these different areas. I personally think it's a big part of being hypocritical. And what does that come from? Forgiveness. Dealing with forgiveness. Dealing with one another. The verse that we've been referring to when it comes to this idea of church and community is Ephesians 3.10. It says, in his intent, God... Was that now through the church, us, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Basically, what God wants is his church, his body of believers, his family, to show who he really is to the world. And in a darker side of me, I would say, boy, are we doing a horrible job of on the other side, I said, yeah, but there are those places where you see true forgiveness, God's churches doing amazing things. My son and I we were driving and we saw a bumper sticker. I thought it was an awesome bumper sticker. It said this on the back of the car. It says, don't blame the fish. Blame me. I'm the driver. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. You know, the Christian fish. It said, don't blame the fish. Blame me. I'm the driver. I thought that was great. Because what do we do? We blame God for people's stupidity. So if we as the church are supposed to be portraying who God is and showing people around us who Jesus is then are we doing the best job because in Romans 14 9 or 19 it says this so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up does that say let's not have arguments let's not have conflict no because if we're going to be healthy if we're going to walk through things if we're going to be a family there's going to be conflict be safe to say there are some of you in this room that had conflict in the car on the way to church. Right? That's usually where it happens in my family, in the car on the way to church. Now let's all get to church, smile, and share Jesus' love. But as soon as we get back in the car, I'm killing you. Right? Oh, we're talking about forgiveness. I'm so glad so and so is here. <laughs> I need to hear that. I know Ken mentioned that last week. Usually, the person that's saying that is usually the person that's got to deal with it first. Because you're going, oh, it's them, not me. Hmm, issue. Okay. So, when we talk about forgiveness, let's, let's start with what forgiveness is not. Okay? There's a couple of things we need to see that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not understanding. Okay? We're not going to understand everything that goes into a situation that has to deal with forgiveness. Okay, we're not going to understand it. If you do, then maybe there would be no need for forgiveness. You know, we're just not going to understand everything. We're not going to understand what someone did or why they did it. You know? we just got we just got to walk through that. Forgetting or uh, forgiveness is also not forgetting. A lot of people, you hear that statement, well, forgive and forget. Ah, that's not so easy. Well, let's think about why. Number one, if we forget, then if you forget immediately, was it really a hurt that you had to deal with? Or was it just something you're being petty about? Right? So is it really a forgiveness situation? Second thing is this, when it comes to forgetting, forgetting may be just your way of avoiding the situation. Oh, offering. You You know, how many of you have been in a situation where you do this? Oh, just forget about it. Right? I'll just forget. Usually when that's being said, are you forgetting about it? No, you're ticked off. You're going to hold it with you as you walk down the hallway. I told them to take a truck and they didn't do it. I'll oh, just forget it. I'll do it myself. Later on, what do you do? Oh, I took out the truck for you. <laughs> Did we forget? No. But we said it, so it sounded good. So forgiveness is not forgetting. We also cannot demand someone forget on demand. It doesn't work that way. That's, that's part of a process. It's part of walking through a lifestyle of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not avoidance. When you avoid someone, that is not forgiving. Okay? When you see the person walking, you go, I got to find somewhere else to go, so I don't have to deal with this person, right? We're not talking to someone. How many of us do that? That's me. I know some of you are. I see it every time I say it because there's certain people look at each other and like, dude, you better raise your hand. <laughs> As you. Right? I see it. Someone walks in the room and they go, hi, how you doing? <laughs> so forgiveness is not you know, avoiding. Forgiveness is not tolerating someone. It's not tolerating. We don't tolerate people just for what they're doing. You know, you're not supposed to simply accept an issue. Oh, that's the way they are. I love it when I hear people say that. Oh, that's the way they are. Well, maybe the way they are is stupid. (laughs) Help them get enlightened. (laughs) All right? Now, some of you are going, oh, I know who he's talking about, right? That's not the heart of forgiveness. There's a difference. I have amazing respect for my mother-in-law. want to know why? Because I found out on her honeymoon was the day she started being for 27 years, you lived with him. There came a point in time where I asked her. I said, "Why do you do that?" "Well, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to forgive and forget." Like, oh. Well, he's my husband. I'm supposed to let that happen. No. We don't tolerate those things. I believe that God gives us a righteous anger for those types of things where you want to share the love of Jesus with much force. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus loves you, right? No, forgiveness is not not letting someone get away with it. Forgiveness is not letting someone get away with it, all right? This comment was huge for me. When I read this, it just made me want to think, okay, it says this, forgiveness complements justice. It doesn't replace it. When we forgive someone, that doesn't take away the responsibility for what they've done. They still have to deal with those issues. You know, unfortunately, in this day and age, a lot of people don't talk about personal accountability. You mess up. There's consequences. Deal with the consequences. Oh, no, I forgive them so they don't have to. No, that's, that's life. You know, forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness, forgiveness is not always Reconciliation. Forgiveness is us going or taking that person and forgiving them. Reconciliation is not always what happens. Is that our goal? Yes, that's the goal of forgiving. But does it always happen? No. These are things that forgiveness is not. But we need to understand what forgiveness is. I, I heard this definition. Forgiveness is our part in letting go of the right to hurt someone for hurting me. Forgiveness is for me to dismiss, to release, to leave, or abandon whatever it is that I'm holding on to. See, I can talk about this because I've had to live it. See, after 27 years of marriage, my dad decided he wanted to go somewhere else. And that's, you know, many of you are going, oh, I've heard that, I've dealt with that. You know? Well, you know what, the thing that I struggled with was when I was growing up, I always heard, Scott, you're just like your dad. You know what, I didn't like hearing that after my dad walked away. In fact, at one point in time, I had a conversation with my dad in my parents' driveway. And I, was asked him, I asked him what he was doing and why he was doing this. Said, I don't know, I don't know, those kind of things. And my mom and my wife didn't want me to have that conversation with my dad. Really, I wasn't thinking forgiveness. I was thinking, I'm going to knock him out. So for two years, I didn't talk to my dad. Want to know how hard that was? Because when I was in high school, people would ask me, who's your best friend? I'd say, my dad. My dad. So for two years, I held on to that. I was in a conference down in Southern California, and I was meeting with Jim Burns, a great guy that talks about family. And I'm in the conference, and he starts talking, and of course he comes to that place where he says, you know, there's someone that needs to forgive someone right now, and he's looking right at me. And of course I did the Christian thing. I turned around and I was like, dude, you've got to be listening. Laughter. Right? I walked outside and he had given us some verses, and one of the verses was from Psalms. And it talked about forgiveness. Because I was forgiven. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And I broke down and I lost it. I said, I got to go meet with my dad. I had 20 minutes in between flights. I called him up. I said, Dad, I want to meet you at the airport. I could hear in his voice a little shock, like, <laughs> well, who is this number one and why are you following me, right? <laughs> Talk to him, I said, OK, I'll meet you at the airport. I'm so <laughs> That was one of the hardest days in my life. Because I had to go and stand before my dad. Now, I got up, i him two years after not talking to him, i meet him again. He looked a little older, he looked a little. <clears throat> more frail we're standing there at the top of an escalator in Denver International Airport and we're having a conversation now, let's be honest we're male so we don't know how to do that well <laughs> so I said hey how about the Broncos you know <laughs> started out though. the next thing I know I'm looking at my dad and I said dad I want you to forgive me of for my anger that's you and this look of shock went over his face. He goes, why are you asking me to forgive you? You need to forgive me. And there at the top of the stairs in DIA, a new relationship started with my dad. And I still talk to him. And I call him. You know, there's a cost to forgiveness. And that's usually on us. If you're going to truly be a able- you want to understand forgiveness? My mom took my dad to girlfriend and let her kill mm, yeah. After 27 years, my dad was with someone else, but my mom said, I need to tell this person about Jesus. Let's be honest, ladies. <laughs> would that be your first thought?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guys, would that be yours? I'll tell him about Jesus, then I'll send him the (laughs) medium. Right? But my mom lives a life of forgiveness. She doesn't live events of forgiveness. She lives a life of forgiveness. And that's what God wants for us. God wants us to live a life of forgiveness. So what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to turn with me to a story in the Bible where Jesus talks about forgiveness. And if you don't have a Bible with you, there's some Bibles on the chairs around you. You want to turn to page 975. If you have your own Bible, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. I'm not going to tell you what, to look, what page to look on because you do it yourself, okay? But we're going to be looking at this story. And this is a story, I want you to be very clear. This is a story about brother to brother, sister to sister, family. This is not a story about someone complaining to God about who God is. Okay? Let's get that out of our mind right now. This is is about family, dealing with family. This is about what God says about his church family and how we're supposed to live. So you want to follow along with me? I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says this. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sinned against me? Let's stop right there. What is Peter doing? (laughs) Peter's going, people are going to hurt my feelings. I'm not going to hurt theirs. But if they hurt my feelings, how many times should I forgive them, Jesus? Because I'm good. I'm Peter. See, the beauty of that that is I relate to Peter. Because Peter opened up and took foot a lot. (laughs) Anytime I read the stories in the Bible, I'm going to go, Peter. I'm with you right there. So Peter says, I'm never going to do anything to hurt someone's feelings, but they're going to hurt mine. I mean, remember, his brother was one of the disciples. Family, let's talk about it, right? (laughs) Do we usually get taken up the people around us more than our family? So Peter says, how many times am I supposed to forgive? Peter says, seven times. See, Peter's being very big about it, because in the Old Testament, the Hebrew leaders would say, forgiving should be three times. That's good enough. That's all you got to do. In the Christian world today, we say maybe two times, right? Turn the other cheek. I've only got two. Or four, for your better anatomy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right? I, I, I'm out of cheeks, right? And so we've got that. But Peter even goes, he says, you know what? How about seven times? Why? Because that was the biblical number for perfection. Seven times. I would have paid money to see Peter's face. When Jesus looked at him, and he said, no, Jesus, replied, Seven times seven. He was a fisherman. Did you see <laughs> I can't keep track of that many <laughs> I'm, I'm confused you know how, how do I do that Jesus is like, there you go and he goes on and he says for this reason the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him in the process one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars He couldn't pay, so the king ordered that his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. But the man fell down before the king, and he begged, Oh, sir, be patient with me, and I'll pay it all. Then the king was filled with pity for him, and released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat, and he demanded instant payment. By the way, it's my favorite person in the story. I like that Because, let's be honest, it's, it's not like you owe me something with your feelings? <laughs> Give me my money now. Right? Isn't that more realistic than let's talk about this? If someone owes you a lot of money, are we kind about that? Alright? When we talk about owing someone, usually it's what we want out of the situation, right? So we're coming mad, ticked off. So we've got this person just him like, by the says, I want my money. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient, I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and jailed until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him what had happened. And the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison until he had paid every penny. That's what my Heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters in your heart. Get the picture? You've got a person that owes a debt. That's the first thing when we come to forgiveness that we have to understand and we have to deal with. It, forgiveness starts with owing a debt. You've got to owe something on that. Now, as we read this story, there's a couple of things. I want you to read a couple of verses with me out loud. I know many of you are going, oh, can we do that church? Yes. <laughs> Follow along. Turn to Matthew, again, 18-21. We're going to read verses 25 and 26 together. Okay? Now, we're going to read it out loud. In your program, there's an insert that has all the fill-in-the-blanks, right? And in there, there's a set, those verses with blanks in there. As we read this, you're gonna put your name in the verses. Okay? Now when I say that, I don't want to remember don't you, I'm gonna say my name. Don't say my name. Okay? Many of you are going, sweet, this is easy. Scott could No, I want you to put your name in there. Okay, so everybody together out loud, we're gonna read this, alright? Right now, Matthew 18, 25 26. Scott couldn't pay, so the king ordered that Scott, don't say my name, okay? Scott's wife. Scott's children and everything Scott had to be sold to pay the debt. But Scott fell down before the king and begged him, "Oh, sir, be patient with me and I will pay for it all. Okay, when you put your name in there, doesn't that change the verse a little bit? As we deal with forgiveness and we understand that forgiveness starts with dealing with the debt, with owing a a debt, owning the debt. See, if you want to really deal with forgiveness, you've got to start with the hurt. I, I... I read an illustration that I thought was funny, you know, because I'm a parent that, you know, my kids were 10 <clears throat> months apart. Ladies, don't be mad. Okay, so, uh, usually I say that, you know, my kids are 10 months apart, and all the women go, thick, thick man. two of us there. Okay, so, uh, this is the thing. Now, you have this mother, she's walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden, she hears her five-year-old screaming, oh! She runs into the room, the two-year-old has a hold of the five-year-old's head and is pulling his hair, right? And the mom goes, oh, pulls a hand off, says, you know, he doesn't understand, he doesn't know what that does. Five-year-old goes, oh, okay. Mom turns around walks out the door. She hears the two-year-old screaming. "Ah!" She walks in, the five-year-old goes, he understands now. (laughs) See, understanding forgiveness is understanding we owe a debt, and we don't owe a debt to God because God sent his son to die in our place to pay the price for our sins that's where we start going now, I want you to understand there's nothing you can physically do to pay back that debt you can't sell everything you, can go, you can't go to church enough you can't memorize Bible verses enough to pay that debt but we've got to start there by understanding that we are forgiven people Every one of us has been forgiving Now it's up to us to accept that But we've all been forgiven Romans 3 23 and 24 in the message versions Puts it this way Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners Both us and them And proved that we are utterly incapable Of living the glorious life God wills for us God did it For us Out of sheer generosity he put us In right standing with himself A pure gift He got us out of this mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by the means of Jesus Christ. Hmm. You want to understand that? God paid it. Took care of it. We owe owe or have owed a debt to God because of who we are as sinners. We make mistakes. we, We say the wrong things. We do the wrong things. We're never, ever going to be perfect in God's eyes. Unless trust in Jesus. And receive that payment. So forgiveness starts with owing a debt. Forgiveness understands the area of credit. If you've been forgiven, if you've had someone to pay off a of debt for you, then you understand that. I mean, like if someone walked into your house and said, Guess what? I just paid your mortgage completely. It's taken care of. I know many of you are doing. <laughs> Right? You, you, why, why can't we do that with God? The only difference is He paid for our whole life. I tell the students all the time in the student ministry I love you, I'm glad you're here, but there is no way I would let my son die for you. I mean, you want to be real? Many of you are sitting there going, oh, how could you say that? Easy. I'm a parent, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a brother. If it came down to one of you or one of my family, who am I going to pick? And if you say, oh, I wouldn't do that, start right now by repenting because you just lied. (laughs) Oh, I would never. Whatever. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because we're we're humans, okay? We deal with the most we do. And you know what we've got to understand? We've owed it. same principle. In fact, in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, it says, make a clean break without cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Let me paraphrase that in the Scott version. (laughs) Stop being the church of the United States. Mm. Stop being the church of the United States. You know what? Let's start building each other up. Be gentle with one another. Sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as as God in Christ gave for you. Quickly, thoroughly. Notice that doesn't say hold on to a grudge, hold on to your problems, hold on to your issues. It says quickly and thoroughly. We've got to forgive. Now it goes back to demanding forgiveness. It's a process. It's a process. You know what? God forgave us. In fact, he says he, he has taken our sins and they're as far as the east is from the west. Travel around the globe. Travel east, you'll never bump into west. You'll never end up going west. Travel west, you'll never bump into east. You're always going west, okay? Go north-south, that changes, right? You're going north and you're going down the other side. Where are you going? you going south. East and west, far apart. Never went into each other. That's what God says about our, His forgiveness to us. Why can't we do that with other people? Starts with owing a debt, understanding the area of credit. And then you know what? Life without forgiveness means that you end in prison. And you end up in prison. How many of you are going, I, I, I'm not going to jail. I don't understand that. Either. You know what? That jail is your heart. That prison is your life. I've seen people that have not dealt with forgiveness. Bitter, hard-hearted, angry people. And I bet Brian and I could attest to this. If you stand up here and talk to people and lead people to worship and you look at their faces, it's not that hard to figure out who those people are. He said, you know, I can see in your heart. Some of us hang that on our sleeve, our forgiveness, our anger. We need to be people that are living forgiving lives. Look at this. Ephesians 4, 25 and 27. It says, what this adds up to then is this. No more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. Because in Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. After all, when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You'll do well to be angry. But don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of a foothold in your life. Stay angry? You make things easy for the devil. You make make it easy. Hold on to that. You want to become a bitter person? Go for it. Guarantee your relationships will never be what they want to be, or what you want them to be. Hold on it because you'll never be the parent, or the wife, or the husband that you want to be because you're holding on to that. You are in prison. Someone told me earlier. They said, "Well, you know, it's kind of a prison with no walls, uh, or with no bars." I disagree. You know why? Because you got ribs around <laughs> that heart. And if you hold on to that in your heart, remember Jesus said, if you don't forgive your brother in your heart, you're going to be in prison. So, the question is this. Am I forgiving others as I have been forgiven? That's the question for the week. Am I forgiving others as I have been forgiven? Okay, we're going to make this plain and simple. I guarantee you, as I ask this question, there are two or three people in your mind that you know you've got to deal with. Right? You know there's people you've got to deal with. As I walked through this, I knew what I had to deal with it myself. So I didn't want to be a hypocrite. So I sent out an email this week to someone I knew I had to ask forgiveness. For. I even asked Ken to come and read it. It's because I wanted someone to hold me accountable for that. We need to make steps. So this morning, I'm going to help you in making that step. Okay? Inside your the program, there's a postcard. I'm going to ask you to pull that out. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to fill out that postcard. Now, you can send it to someone. I'd encourage you to do that. I, I want you to look at the relationships in your life, the people that you know you need or you should deal with when it comes to forgiveness. Maybe it's an ex-husband, explain next Maybe it's... Old oh, boyfriend, old oh, girlfriend. Maybe it's mom and dad. Maybe it's a brother or sister. But we need to be giving, forgiving giving. This is a start and a process that should be our whole life, not just an event. Now I know there are some of you in here that are sitting here for the very first time and you're going, Well, maybe, I, I, don't, I don't get this, Jesus, forgiveness. Well, let me explain it to you, okay? This is it. God created you to have a relationship with him. Some distant daddy, but some home close peace, peace. He's an up close father who loves you. But it's our sins, those sins that we've done wrong that separate us from him. And sins can't be taken away by good deeds. You can't work enough. See so what it is, it's paying the price for our sins. Christ died. And everyone who trusts in him and him alone can have eternal life. That means you will have a lifetime of forgiveness forever. Start the day you die, but it starts the day you believe. Me. Maybe you need to write on your postcard, God, forgive me. Maybe some of you in here have a relationship that you know you'll never able to really talk. Maybe that person's gone, not necessarily just from your life, but from this world. And you need to forgive them. And you're like, I don't know what to do. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Write it on the card, and at the end of the service, you can place it in this basket. And I'll throw it away for you. Because we've got to start there. Maybe your note you need to write is to yourself. Because you haven't accepted the forgiveness that God gave you. Maybe you're the one holding on to the anger bitterness about your life. I mean, we got to learn to forgive ourselves. God did. You better than God? So we need to look at what does it mean to forgive myself. Right? So take that card. Right? Maybe you need to write I, God, I forgive myself. I let go. Maybe that's something you write on a postcard, you put it in your wallet, you put it in your purse, you put it in your Bible so that every time you open it up you start by saying God, forgiven, and you're living a life of forgiveness. But as you do this, you know it comes with a cost. It's not easy. You will have to walk through some tough things. Jesus did when he died on the cross. So as you get ready, I'm going to sing a song. I want you to take a couple minutes to write those. Maybe you don't have a pen, save it for later. And I encourage you to start living a life of forgiveness. You know, use this time. Because if we just talk about being forgiving and we don't do anything about it, let's just talk. Let's put feet to our faith. Let's put feet to our life and live it. Once you remember this? Author William Arthur Ward wrote this in his book, Thoughts of a Christian Optimist. He said, we're most like beasts when we kill. We're most like men when we judge. But we're most like God when we forgive. Trust in God and give up your hope for a different or better yesterday." Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that we can stand here together as a family. Knowing that we've been forgiven. Lord, I pray that as we walk out of this place that people see us as people living a life. Of forgiveness, just not moments. God, give us the strength and courage to be able to do it, because it's not easy. But God, we need to thank you for the joy, the happiness, and the hope that we have because of your son, Jesus Christ. back there. We also have what we do as a family, and that's where we give back to God what he's already given to us, basically on loan. And so if you're a member, an active member, and a tender of Northgate, then we encourage you to do that. If you're here for the first time, we don't want you to do that. We invited you here so that we could give you something, I something from you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this life that you've given us. May we live and show the world around us people of forgiveness of love, grace, mercy, hope, and understanding. Because we have been set free because of who you are. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California. Music